Welcome back to Talk Green to Me, a podcast about materials and sustainability. I'm Nasreen, and this is Manali. This is episode number five. Aluminum can do anything you can do better. This episode will have joining us Ryan Weinstein, the vice president of M&M Waste, a full-service scrap metal recycling and dumpster rental company. Let's go see what our interviewee Ryan has to say about scrap metal and recycling. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. Let's jump right in. How did um, M&M Waste get started? Yeah, uh, it's a family-owned and operated business. My parents started it back in the mid-'80s. They immigrated here from South Africa, and um, my dad was always working in manufacturing. He was running a, a, a clothing manufacturing company in South Africa. When he came to America, that trade you know, it's not really headquartered here. A lot of it's outsourced or done in other countries. So he kind of just fell into the scrap metal recycling world and was working for a scrap yard and eventually branched off and decided to make it on his own. And my mother and him started M&M Waste. And, um, you know, they've been doing this type of work my whole life. So we opened up our own yard in the mid-'80s, and here we are. Being from the family, did you always think that you were going to go into it? No, never. I have a few other siblings and my parents just, you know, put us through college and the American dream and making sure we got educated and said, you know, go off and get a degree in anything you want. Just make sure you can support yourself and have a job. And I went to UGA myself. And then from UGA, I actually got a job out in L.A. working in national ad sales for the radio industry. And eventually, cool. um, they talked me back into coming, moving back to Atlanta and joining the family business with them. So how long have you been with the company now? So obviously, been around in my whole life, but full-time starting working with them, uh, it's been going about five years now. So in terms of the company itself, could you tell me a little bit more about the goal? To be a part of our community and help people recycle. Um, you know, some people scrap for a living, but fill a service or a need for all those people. Anyone who's a business owner on a multi-million dollar construction project, running the whole thing, to the you know working class American just trying to get by and everything in between. And I get to be a part of the recycling industry where conserving natural resources and energy and reducing emissions and greenhouse gases and just extending the life of our planet. So it's kind of a win-win. So in terms of metal recycling, could you tell me what the company actually does? So uh, kind of the whole process is that either whether it's the general public or a manufacturing company or an industrial account or even other scrapyards, we'll bring material into our yard and then we'll clean it, upgrade it, and process it either to be sent out directly to mills and foundries that actually melt down the product and make it into raw material to be made into new products, or if it's material that we don't want to handle ourselves, we'll just turn around and sell it to a larger yard. So did you always operate this way? Back in the beginning, we were actually melting and smelting aluminum ourselves, and the aluminum market kind of dropped and Everything's kind of involved where now you're more of not necessarily a middleman, but you're that last final step before it's being recycled. Okay. But you don't do like the smelting and stuff yourselves anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of 
been specialized? I say obviously the industry is a lot different from two or three decades ago. Where you specialize, so like we, you know, gather in all the material and process it and get it ready, and then another company who's maybe a multi-million-dollar national company only focuses in melting steel. So then we would ship them our steel, and then another foundry, an aluminum foundry, only focuses in melting down aluminum. So then you ship them all your different grades of aluminum. As far as we're concerned, we specialize in just bringing in the material and getting it ready. So do you work with just aluminum, just steel, or is it kind of a mix of things? Uh, We basically handle all metals except for precious metals. Your ferrous, which is your steel, and then non-ferrous, which is pretty much every other metal that's not steel, like copper, brass, aluminum. And do you also work with alloys? Can you do mixtures? Yeah, of course. So based on location, whatever material is in your area, so maybe somewhere like if we have a rural buyback location, maybe they get a lot more car parts and irony aluminum and cast and that type of material, as opposed to the city of Atlanta, where if you're open to the general public, you're getting a lot of aluminum alloys and cans and so it depends on your location and also your customers if you're buying from the general public or um, industrial accounts or manufacturers where they make a specific product so you know what you're dealing, well, you know what you get when you deal with them. Could you tell me some of the processing steps you guys go through when any material comes in? Yeah, so it all a bit, you know, depends on what material you're dealing with. So, for example, if it's aluminum gutters and they have all the steel nails in it, a customer is smart, like if it's a roofer who does it all the time, and he has the time and the manpower to separate it himself, then he can get more money if, if it's clean aluminum when it comes into us, or they just sell it as is, they get a lower price, and then we have the manpower to, you know, take out every single screw. Um, we bail the aluminum into, or that type of aluminum, we bail it into full aluminum bales, and then... Once you have so many bales, we ship it out to one of the foundries that melts it down. And if it's steel, same kind of thing. We run it through our machine that actually cuts it up into small pieces. Uh, depending where you're shipping, dictates the specs of the material. So, so we would clean up anything we get and cut it up into two foot pieces and make sure there's no trash, no non-metals, non-conforming um, pieces, and then put it in a container and ship it to them ourselves. Since you guys have to go through so many sorting steps, is it sometimes easier to just narrow it down and take one type of material? You have to take everything in order to see the material. So, for example, if I take all steel and uh, someone who goes around scrapping has a bunch of washing machines, well, they'll also have, you know, copper wire and aluminum gutters and bring in a whole bunch of other materials. So you can't just narrow it down and say, oh, no, we only want wire because that guy's not going to come to us. He'll go to a scrapyard that accepts everything and then offload his whole load in one go. In terms of separating your metals, is it just based on visuals or is there something else? Um, visuals, obviously, you know, you see something's copper, you know, it's copper as opposed to aluminum. Um, there's also, I guess you can call it like an x-ray gun. You shoot the material and it tells you all the different alloys and metals that make up its chemistry. Okay. And then that's kind of a step further where if you have an aluminum sheets and you're not sure if it's 6061 or 6063 or right, all these different right. types of aluminum, then you shoot it with the gun and it'll tell you exactly. So. 
6061 and 6063 are different alloys of aluminum. There are thousands of these alloys, and they're all used for different purposes, such as airplanes or medical implants. These get their names from the different metals that are mixed in to make these alloys. All of these different metals respond to x-rays differently, so when you shoot them with an x-ray gun, it's able to tell you exactly which composition your metal is. It's pretty interesting just to see um, customers telling you you've got this material and XYZ and all that, and, and it looks like copper, and then you take it and you put it on the grinder, and the way the sparks fly off of it, you're like, no, it's not copper, it's you know, <laughs> steel with copper coating or it's brass with a little bit of tin on it. You know. Different metals burn different colors. So in a scrap metal yard, you can use spark testing where you put a metal alloy against a grinding wheel and the friction causes sparks to fly off the metal. And the color of these metals can tell you what elements you have in your alloy. Yeah, the tricks of the trade. Uh, we definitely had some learning curves where, you know, you have a new person, you're trying to teach to buy and sell over the scale, and comes all excited, oh, I just bought 5,000 pounds of copper, and it turns out, it's like, oh, well, that wasn't copper, so we just lost <laughs> on that buy, but... What are the main challenges you face in the scrap metal business? With scrap metal recycling, obviously you're working in cents and dollars and pennies. So depending on the material coming in and how you upgrade it and how you clean it, and you want to make sure you're doing that efficiently where you're not losing on the buyer to sell. So for example, in the steel yard, we only want to touch the material once. So like once it hits the yard between freight and gas and labor, I don't want to dump it in the wrong place and then the crane moves it here and then we move it again because if you keep handling it, you end up losing all your profit on it. Basically, the cost of operating certain machinery or processing the material can end up being more than the material is worth if you handle it too much. Everything we do, it's got to be efficient and correct the first time. In terms of the actual recycling process, are there limitations to what people can bring you? Say, can someone bring you just a fork to recycle? As far as the general public, you can bring just about any piece of metal. It's just from your perspective, you'd want to save up enough of it where you have enough pounds where it makes it worth your while. You know, if you're bringing me one fork, it's not even going to be a pound on the scale. But if you're bringing me four truckloads or box trucks of hundreds and thousands of forks and knives and spoons and utensils, then you get some weight on it, and then you actually make a little money on your end. But as far as our end, it's, you know, yeah, we'll take, you know, all types of metal, the more the merrier. That's why every customer is important, whether you're just throwing away your washer or you're a manufacturing company and you generate scrap every day. You are able to work with things like washers that have other components in it, and that's not a problem? Mm-hmm. Depending on what it is, depends on how we actually want to apply our, lack of a better word, manpower towards it. For example, if a washer or dryer you know, is just all steel, great, easy, just throw it in the machine, chop it up, make sure there's no trash or any fluff and stuff in it, and then, you know, it's ready to roll. But if it's maybe a giant electric pump that came out of, like, a sewer, and, yeah, it's all steel or cast, but an electric pump, there's copper coils all through it, it's, you know, hey, do I want to, 
break this down, get all the copper out, and then I have the steel to one side and selling the copper as its own commodity go from there. Are there some things that are just not worth the time to separate or dismantle? Um, anything that we get in that we maybe it's too time consuming or too much of a hassle or we're working on other things, we'll either mm-hmm. hold it and get to it when we get to it because then it's still on you know ours and on our yard, or we just flip it if we need to and sell it to a larger scrapyard that would want it right away and can they can do it they please with it. Yeah, it's really good to know because you know what do we do with our old appliances? Um, where do we take it? You either know or you don't know. So the people who know about the scrap industry a little bit and, oh, I can get some money for this old appliance, like, you know, we'll see them. It could be once a month, once a day, once a year, but they know if renovating a house, they can bring all the things to us. Some general audiences just aren't in the know or educated at all about our industry. Do you have any idea of how the metal recycling industry here got started? Yeah, a little bit. I know that in general, over the past 150 years, the steel industry in America has been very active in recycling. And that's typically because it's more economically sound and easier to recycle steel as opposed to like mining iron ore and producing new steel. Obviously, recycling it, you know, it's already been refined and and everything. In your experience, how does the metal industry here compare with the rest of the world? The U.S. in general, you know, it's one of the strongest economies in the world. So when it comes to scrap metal recycling, it's no different. In general, we're also just the largest exporter of steel in the world. The U.S. exports to about 90 or so countries, and which just kind of makes us a little more resilient. Because we're such a larger economy, we're not derailed as much. We don't have all our eggs in one basket. Has the scrap metal industry been impacted at all by China not taking our recycling? You know, we definitely feel it when there's less demand for our finished products. You know, our prices go down. But I think because of all the countries we deal with, you know, bans and tariffs and market strength kind of comes and goes in waves. So eventually, you know, another market will open up or we'll force our way or find ourselves into another market we can sell where America will just kind of persevere, at least we hope, right? Is there anything else you'd like our general audience to know? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to urge the general audience just to try to become more involved on a deeper level as opposed to just being a consumer of the end product. You know, if you're thinking about global sustainability and recycling, you actually become part of the solution by following the trail of like where the materials you use and buy actually goes. I feel like people don't know how simple it is, like setting up a trash can in your garage that every time you have a soda or a party or a beer and you just take your cans and put them in a trash can, then before you know it, two huge trash cans full of cans and you bring them in, you know, it just makes such a big difference. Yeah, that's just when people are having parties, they like really don't think about. Yeah, not at all. I mean, even, um, even if you made it fun, like if you took all the extra little cash you get from recycling and you're saving it towards a trip or a big purchase or a new car, I mean, you'll be paying off that purchase and you did it by drinking sodas on the couch. yeah absolutely do you have kind of any fun facts to end with 
food for thought. You know, in a landfill, an aluminum can could sit there for decades and decades and decades before decomposing. But by recycling an aluminum can, it can actually be back on the shelf in a supermarket within two months. A few years ago, there was some statistic that domestically, so just around the U.S., we recycled enough aluminum cans that was equivalent to saving energy at up to like 17 million barrels of gas. That can power like over a million vehicles for a whole year. Yeah. So definitely you don't want to slow down at least recycling, especially the metals. As far as recycling copper, I know the U.S. annually recycles enough copper to provide like the copper contents of the Statue of Liberty for like 25,000 Statues of Liberties. And that's just in one year. I'm pretty sure we provide like 20% of the world's supply of recovered copper just from the U.S. alone. Thanks for talking to us, Ryan. It sounds like M&M Waste has made scrap metal recycling really easy. Is there anything you want our Atlanta audience to know? And yeah, if you guys are ever trying to start a recycling program or have people who want to find out where to bring stuff, we're actually just located by the old Brave Stadium out in Ostel as well. So anything you guys need, just let me know. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This episode was produced and edited by Manali Banerjee and Nasreen Khan. Music by Shane Young. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TGTM Podcast or email us at talkgreentomepodcast at gmail.com.